This is a HeadGum Podcast. What's up, shitheads? Welcome back to another episode of High and Mighty. It's me, your host, your boy, the number one fuck boy, the number one fuck boy, the number one fuck boy, fuck boy, John Gabris, host of the High and Mighty podcast, back to you with another special hashtag fancy episode featuring the fanman. Normally we abri- hey, normally we say fanman like F A N M E N. But since I am alone for this podcast, we're going to have to say fanman as in Chinaman. F-A-N-M-A-N. Fanman. It is me, the solo fanman. Because here's the thing. If you're doing a free service for a network like Cinemax, a.k.a. promoting their shows just because you're a fan of it who has a little bit of a podcast following, you dedicate a lot of time to doing eight episodes of the podcast. They really don't care so much as the time finale rolls around, especially to do a recap of it, because to the <laughs> to the network, they're not getting any more tune-ins after this. They don't give a shit if everyone buys the... Uh, the DVDs or the Blu-rays or the Netflixes or the streams, the CISOs, the full screens, the Yahoo screens, the super deluxes, the whatnots. But, alas, I owe it to you to at least finish this ridiculous, stupid project that I started. So, if you also hear some crazy noise, my dog is with me today. Arthur, say what's up. Artie, speak. Artie. Okay, he just double-clawed the mic. Maybe we shouldn't play with him like that anymore. Um, my dog, Arthur Chicho Gabris, is joining us today in the studio. Because you want to go for a hike after this? Want to go for an adventure? All right, he's in. He loves Banshee. He watches me watch it all the time. Um, so I went to Twitter and said, hey, tweet me some questions or comments or theories you have about the season finale, the series finale, if you will. But <laughs> that was now we're recording Saturday morning at 11 a.m. So that means it's 8 a.m. on the East Coast. Not a lot of people caught the finale. Maybe they're watching it on DVR today, but certainly not a lot of people are awake at least not the shitheads that listen to my podcast. They're not getting up at 8 a.m. on a Saturday for a fucking yoga class. These are people who are just fucking asleep, gripping a empty pint of Americone in their Americone dream in their free left hand. So I guess we'll try to get into talk. I tried to get Henry Winkler on this episode. I tried to get Keegan Michael Key on this episode. I tried to get uh, some my friend Matt Moses, who's a uh, Banshee fan and a comedian. I'm trying to get any one of my friends that is into Banshee to come on this today. But alas, no one is around, and everyone's sort of tired of this pro- this side gig. I'm not. So let's talk about this finale a little bit to nobody. <laughs> um, so here. I liked it. I enjoyed it thoroughly. A lot of great moments in this finale. It was like episode seven got rid of the uh, the devil murderer, got rid of uh, Declan. I think that was his name. What a white boy name. What a white boy serial killer name. They got rid of that dude so that we could wrap up all our Banshee storylines in episode eight. So the storylines we were waiting for were the Bunker Brothers, Carrie's Revenge Against Proctor, um, a vengeance for Lily's death, um, a some Brock getting some sort of comeuppance, or I mean, not 
getting a comeuppance, but doing a comeuppance to someone. We needed Brock to be a hero in a moment. Dushku needed to have her big thing after being kidnapped. So let's get into what happens in this episode. Classic, classic Banshee. Um, we think we solved the, uh, we think we figured out who the killer was and turns out he was killing on a lunar cycle. So Dushku being the, you know, amazing crackhead FBI agent that she is puts together on her own that, wait a minute, the killing of Rebecca, I think I called her Lily before, but I think her, that's her Lily Simmons, I think is her real name. Rebecca is her character name. Who cares? Nobody's even listening to these Banshee episodes anymore. This is a fucking exercise in futility. This is just to see if I have truly lost my mind in any way. Um, so let, there will be spoilers, guys. If you, if you, I mean, listen to this if you want, but understand that this is about the series finale of one of my favorite TV shows of all time. And it's just me, so uh, I also could get some facts wrong, because as usual, I was rather wasted while watching the finale of Banshee. But uh, let, let's get into it. First of all, I just want to... Uh, before we go any further, I just should take a moment aside and say thank you to Jonathan Tropper and all the cast and crew of this show for putting out such an awesome show. Dis- you know, the- despite it not getting worldwide, everyone knows what it is, success. It has a serious fan base, and I'm excited to see what just about everyone does on that show next. Um, whatever Anthony does next, I'll watch. Whatever who- any one of those guys do- uh, and gals does next, I'll check out. I'll give at least a three-episode try, the classic Gabrus try. Um, so Dushku notices that the killing of Rebecca was not on a lunar cycle, so that means someone else did it, but tried to pin it on the devil killer. So who do we think that is? In cl- hey, Arthur. Arthur's trying to talk into the other mic, which is super cute, but I'm worried he's going to destroy it. Um, the, uh, the other who killed Rebecca, this moment is great because it's like in Banshee fashion... God will never know. I wonder who it is. Next scene. I believe it's Proctor. <laughs> so they think Proctor killed because they find her necklace in Proctor's like f- fuck shed in his torture shed or whatever. I'm, I might have missed that moment there. <laughs> I might have gone to grab a kombucha tea at that moment. Yeah, that's right. Gabrus takes his probiotics seriously. Um, so then we get to set up that fight. Then we go, so we're jumping around. This is like a big, nice 20-minute chunk in the movie where three huge confrontations all occur and are awesome and cut between pretty well. Next up, we have Carrie, who needs revenge against Proctor, finds out that Proctor's meeting with the cartel at, you know, whatever. I forget the phrasing, but it's like the abandoned air base, which, of course, is also in a small town in Pennsylvania. (laughs) Not only do they have a working air base, they have an abandoned air base, they have an army base, they have a sex cult, they have all the shit you could ever need. Um, Arthur, get over here. <laughs> this is going to be a f- fun running gag in the podcast is making sure my dog doesn't chew through wires that would otherwise be important for this show. So Carrie shows up at the abandoned air base to see that Proctor is under- doing a deal with the cartel. She, we have a couple of great fucking moments here. And then the other third big confrontation is bunker brother to bunker brother. Uh, um, first, first we see Calvin Bunker, played by a uh, former guest and uh, number three fuckboy, Chris Coy. We see him get slapped around by a senator who we could, uh, who seems as though he's the leadership of the Aryan Brotherhood. So something to keep in mind that the reach of the AB goes all the way to the top 
Donald Trump. <laughs> um, and he gets slapped in the face in front of like an army of white supremacists wielding bats and chains. But before that moment, Proctor and Burton come out as if they're going to fight. And I, I thought that was going to be a fucking badass moment. And so then we see Calvin has to go head to head against his brother, bunker brother to bunker brother, because he's fucking his wife. He's going to get, you know, he's got no one left. He's got no power in the AB. He's got to just get after him. Uh, so then let's let's talk about these three. Oh, and then the third biggest fight. Uh, Hood goes after Proctor and Burton. It's revealed in the Hood and Proctor scene that Proctor did not kill uh, Rebecca, but it was Burton. Now, I think if you go back far enough on this podcast, we mention, I think in episode one or two, our theory that it is Burton based on the way Burton looks at Proctor during one of Proctor's press releases about the murders. Proctor's doing something, blah, 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 blah. And then Burton kind of looks weird. And we're like, hmm, interesting. I wonder if he's behind it. And he was. The main reason he was, though, was because he was looking out for Proctor. Uh, Burton is such a uh, like guard dog to Proctor that he saw that uh, Rebecca was his weakness and had to take her out. But he tried to pin it on this uh, serial killer. So now we got Hood versus Burton. Uh, the master, the master fighter and assassin versus the human punching bag hood who can take twenty five shots to the dome. Oh, this rem- uh, this is going to be me interrupting myself since I don't have anyone else to bounce ideas off here today. But remember when we talked to Marcus Young, the uh, fight coordinator, in the last episode, and also Hoon in the earlier episode? They both mentioned how certain characters have certain fighting styles really on display in this last act, really on display in this last episode. So we see hood versus Burton, Burton doing all his fancy kicks and chops and punches versus hood taking haymaker after haymaker after haymaker. As a matter of fact, taking it all the way to headbutts as his finishing move, six headbutts in a row while the guy is on the ground. Now, spoiler alert, we saw a little previs from Marcus of how that last fight was going to go down off camera, off mic, if you will. And it looked dope as hell. And then it looked even better once we saw it with the lead actors and they're really going after it. Watching Hood smash his head. It, it seems, why not throw punches in that moment? It just seems crazy to smash one of your weak. That's like taking your nuts and being like, I'm going to smash my nuts as hard as possible into your chin. It's like, eh, it seems like it might hurt you a little bit too, Hood. I couldn't imagine how he doesn't have a concussion after smashing his head five times into Burton's face. Oh, one cool thing about the beginning of that fight is when Proctor says, I swear I didn't kill her, you see in Hood's eyes that he believes him. And then he looks over to the car where he thinks Burton's going to be, and Burton's not there, but his son, but his glasses are. So that means Burton's glasses are already off, which means it's already go time. Great fight. Good choreography. Love that it's in ankle deep water. F- feels like a fucking classic uh, 90s action movie that way. Like, you know, sm- uh, splashing around, landing hard and stuff. So fun. So fucking fun. <laughs> All right. Jumping over again to the Bunker Brothers fight. So talking about the different fighting styles of all the cast members. These guys are fighting, albeit deadly. You know, uh, Calvin's got uh, brass knuckles on and uh, Bunker. Jeez, why can't I remember Calvin Bunker's brother's name? But whatever. He has a gun because he's a cop and he's in uniform. And so this is... They're capable of killing each other. But the fight goes on for quite a bit of time. And it's very much 
like a heightened version of two brothers fighting. Yes, there is a moment where Calvin breaks a car antenna off and stabs his brother in the chest and then the side, which is not a classic brother thing. But as the oldest of three, you see it. You see the because there's a lot of wrestling moves. Believe it or not, there's like an atomic drop, a backbreaker, a bulldog. There's a lot of uh, like judo flips and just the kind of shit that a big brother would do to his little brother. Like take it from me as an oldest brother. When your younger brother's flipping out and actually trying to kick your ass. You cannot punch him in the face because mom will kill you, but you can flip him around and pin him to the ground and go, what are you doing? What are you doing? And then kind of like slap him in the face and kind of put your forearm on his neck and go, chill out, catch your breath. I can't deck you. You're trying to deck me. So this fight feels like two brothers, but granted, it is two brothers we've seen do absolute insane violence before. So it's a little bit of a different story. So pumped to see this come to a head, though. You know, just straight. When 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 Calvin slipped on the fucking knuckle dusters or the brass knuckles, I forget what whatever you want to call them, and starts fucking hitting body blows against his brother, you just know that's bad news. The whole time, the officer bunker is showing restraint and not pulling his gun. You know, maybe the police departments of the world can take an idea from that. <laughs> that I take my Banshee episode eight is the moment I decide to get political on this podcast. <laughs> um, so that fight is fucking awesome. Of course they're literally, and it's, and it's funny cause it's in their front yard, which is like, it's in officer bunkers front yard, or is it in Brock's front yard? Because that's where they're hiding, uh, Calvin's ex-wife. Well, either way, a front yard sort of wrestling match is like the, how almost every fight between two brothers went down. Thanksgiving in like 1993 when my dad beat up my uncle in front of me and was like absolutely horrifying. That was all took place on my grandma's front lawn. Yeah, in case you were wondering if I'm still white trash. <laughs> and then this jumps over to the other like... This is what I love about Banshee. There's three concurrent running second acts. Like what other show pulls that off? And then this, this is my favorite of, of the setups is... Carrie, uh, Carrie is in um, inside the truck full of drugs. Uh, a different guy takes over and is able to make a shit ton of whatever the drugs that they're going to sell to the cartel are. Coke or meth or pills or MDMA, ecstasy, steroids, whatever the fuck they're making. Hey, Arthur, Artie, calm down. He's literally shoving mic stands with his noses. Come here, bud. Come lay down. We're talking about your favorite character, Carrie and Job. Um... So then they slide open the truck to make the drug deal. And who's inside? Carrie with a machine gun. And then uh, Job is on the roof with a fucking M60 with a belt-fed machine gun uh, on the roof of the truck. And uh, so they they say to the cartel, we just want you to know that Proctor's not as safe of a bet as you think he is. Just She just wants to disrupt Proctor's business. And she's like... He's like, I'm assuming you want some sort of payment. And Carrie's like, all we want to do is leave safely. So her and Job climb down, start going to leave. He goes, do you think I would let you live? And she turns around and smiles and says, no. And then hits the pavement. And then my favorite Banshee moment of like possibly the whole series, definitely of the finale, maybe of the last season and possibly of all of the series because it requires, uh, it involves one of my favorite characters, Brock. Uh, Sheriff Brock standing in a fucking backwards hat sunglasses with his jet black Hollywood Hulk Hogan beard popping off 
fires a bazooka down. He's revealed to have been there working as a sheriff off duty with a rocket launcher that he manages to fire perfectly into the truck, blowing up all the drugs and knocking out all of the people standing around the uh, truck. So then Carrie gets in the car and drives away with Brock and Job and the... Uh, the cartel starts to make their move, and Burton just kills them all and gets um, gets Proctor out of there, which brings them to the fight against Hood. Um, fucking awesome. Brock using a rocket launcher. Finally, a fucking bazooka is revealed on this show. It was so fucking awesome. Hey, buddy. Um, of course, we had some Deva story wrap-up moments, so who gives a shit about that? <laughs> Just kidding. Deva's going to college, which is a great moment. I want to see the daughter of Carrie and Hood go to college and kind of unlock herself like a Jason Bourne type and kill fucking everybody in there. <laughs> um, so the rocket launcher was fucking dope. All right, so let's talk a little bit. I, 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 th- I shouted out to Twitter to see if anyone would um, answer um, and give me some fucking ideas to pitch. So start with this. Mr. P. Trevor says, really loved how the Job-Sugar relationship wrapped up. Will they ever meet again? Meet again? Where does sugar go now? Great question, Mr. P. Trevor. It was really cute to see them finally end their relationship. And more importantly, to see Job drop fucking sugar with like 50 mil or whatever. <laughs> Give him a several million dollars as his retirement fund since sugar spent all his money to get, to get Job out. It's a really cute moment, cute resolution of that relationship. If there were to be any spinoff, that's the spinoff I would like, is Job and Sugar driving around, uh, busting each other's balls and doing high-tech crimes that Sugar does not understand at all. That was a fucking great wrap-up moment in the bar. Of course, it features everyone drinking, as usual, and Job heading out. Job looking his best with his blonde hair. You, know, I know it's a crazy pitch to say, but it makes him look much like an android to be like a hairless Asian dude with blonde hair makes him look so cool. I'm so jealous. He kind of looks like the blonde chick from, uh, the Ma- from matrix, whatever her name is, cypher, the one who gets killed. Uh, um, what, Oh fuck. I can't think of her name, but she's fucking great. Um, uh, all right, here's another question. For, oh, it's from the same guy. Was the final Burton and hood fight in the same place where the fight with the Moody brothers was in season one. Ooh, Good question, Mr. P. Trevor. It seems like it was. It seemed like it was because it's in a creek. I guess that's what you call it in Banshee. Some people call it creeks. But it's in a creek, and it would be the first and last, right? Because the Moody Brothers fight was one of the first fights in uh, Banshee. So Hood, his first major fight and then his last major fight all take place in that same creek. Holy shit, Mr. P. Trevor, I did not even pick up on that. If that's true, that's fucking awesome. If not... It's just a cool location regardless. But I think you're right. I'm pretty sure it's the same location. Um, All right. That's about it. (laughs) That's about it for questions. First thing in the morning. Not a lot of people hitting me here. Um, So let's talk a little bit more about some other stuff we see. We see Hood and Carrie wrap up their relationship in a way that says, like, I'll always be there for you. You'll always be there for me. But we're not good to be around each other. And they sort of just hug and go their separate ways, moving on. Living the life that they've dreamt to live. Hood's hitting the road. Carrie is building a house. Um, Your concern for Carrie would be that Proctor's going to come get her. But Burton's dead. Proctor is left. But guess who's after Proctor now? The cartel. And that's when we see the cartel show up. 
at Proctor's house. He has no security. Is no one left to even work for him. Um, his guard dog killed his niece. His uh, rival slash mirrored opposite killed his guard dog, leaving him alone. But that doesn't mean Proctor's going down without a fight. As like 12 cartel members, one of which is clearly Adam Targum, uh, writer, producer, and former guest of the High and Mighty Fancy episodes, A-W- at A.W. Targum on Twitter, clearly undercover as a Latino there. Uh, it's pretty exciting. And fucking Proctor comes out with a Tommy gun, with a legit drum-fed Tommy gun, throwback Thompson machine gun, famous from, you know, fucking mob movies from the untouchables uh, just like a day go to bring a knife to a gunfight <laughs> sorry anytime i mention the untouchables i have to do sean connery's racist italian rant <laughs> just like a day go to bring a knife to a gunfight <laughs> great great fucking sequence as you know proctor's just gonna get absolutely it's it's sort of like it sort of ends in a butch and sundance way not with like people screaming fuego off camera but with knowing full well that he's about to get sprayed up with bullets, but he's going to take a few guys with him. He's going to take a few guys with him. Oh, another great moment. Bunker sits down with... uh, So Brock is in his office drinking fucking cappuccino from his stupid cappuccino machine. Uh, Bunker shows up with, like, gas station coffee, and Brock goes, finally, real coffee. And you're like, oh, good, he hasn't changed. They sit down and have a head-to-head that's sort of like, so, your brother's dead on my front lawn. He's been shot. So let me just go over what happened here. And then Brock kind of lays it out of like, hey, you got to be honest with me and I'll be honest with you. We got to get fucking dirty here in this town. Sometimes we got to do shit that cops don't do, which I think he doesn't say anything. But how does he not bragging? Like, how is he not going bunker? I shot a fucking bazooka at a truck full of drugs today. If you think about it, yeah, it's illegal and dangerous, but he saved his fucking town. He got the cartel out of Banshee by blowing the fuck out of it. Oh, and that, that was the moment when Bunker's like, should we go arrest Proctor? <laughs> and uh, 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 Brock goes, maybe I feel like the cartel is going to come for him, so he should be about as far away from this uh, sheriff's department as we need him to be. So they put that motherfucker, they let him go. Great little head-to-head. Possi- there's my other possible spinoff episode is just about the Banshee Sheriff's Department. Sort of like how <laughs> it would be like the Gotham without Batman, Hood being Batman. Um, that would be really fun just to see those two. Just try to see <laughs> once all these insane, huge supervillains are out of Banshee, the kind of shit that they're dealing with, just like white trash sexual assault and Aryan Brotherhood graffiti tags or whatever, <laughs> whatever's left to deal with. <laughs> Um, guys, without any more questions, we should just make this a quick, a quick little episode. What are we at? 23 minutes. That's great. We'll just do a quick little wrap up here. I'm tired. You're tired. Please tweet at me, your Banshee theories, your highlights. Why don't, uh, uh, what's your favorite moment from Banshee? Tweet it at me, uh, hashtag Banshee favorite moments. Let me know of all the season. Of course, it's, it should be the albino getting his dick cut off, or it should be the MMA fighter getting his fingers broken, or Chayton, the giant Native American, shooting a convoy with a bow and arrow, or Chayton, the giant Native American, flipping a cop car with his singing voice, or Chayton, a giant Native American, having his face blown off. What about the satanic? 
satanic dude having his head pistol whipped in. The, sh- the shit that happens on the show when you start saying it out of co- What about the Amish uh, biker gang that almost... Ra- what about the giant Amish guy that Hood has to kill? What about the rapist brothers that Hood bites one of their ears off? This is some fucking insanity we have on this show. Uh, tweet at me your favorite moments. As always, I'm John Gabris. Uh, if you guys want to buy yourself some High and Mighty t-shirts uh, and some other s- shit I picked out from T Public, the link is in the show notes. Grab yourself a shirt. Uh, Fourth Man Out, the movie I'm in, is now on Netflix. I recommend you check it out. And uh, that's about it. I got some shit coming out down the pipeline. We'll be talking about that on later episodes. I hope you enjoyed our little Banshee side project we're doing here. For those of you who hated it, who don't watch Banshee, but hate the fact that I put out twice as much free content each week, just know that it's done. And until we get into our season, uh, until we get into our 25 episode spinoff about the Amazon show Bosch called the Bosch pit until that happens. Don't you worry. All right. We're back to regular episodes about movies, farting, drinking, video games, etc., etc., etc. Uh, okay. Shitheads. Thanks for listening. Fanchies, Fanman, signing out. The la- this is the perfect way. This is how High and Mighty episodes should end. I started with five people in the studio going head-to-head talking about Banshee and ended it with just me and my dog shouting our fucking stupid opinions into the ether. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching, Banshee. I miss you guys. Um, I love you guys. Please, keep listening. No more Banshee. Later, shitheads. That was a HeadGum Podcast.